Hey guys, welcome to Psychology Hacks. Today we're gonna to be talking about some principles of psychology that can actually help you save money. So if you like what you hear, be sure to like and subscribe, uh, follow, share with your friends, write me love letters, whatever your heart so desires. So let's get right into it. We're gonna talk about contrast, first of all. When you compare two similar items that have a wide difference, the contrast between those two things makes the, the qualities of each one seem even more extreme. So an example that I've heard is if you take three buckets of water and you have a hot bucket of water, a cold bucket of water, and one that's just room temperature, and you put your hand, one hand in the hot water and one hand in the cold water and wait until your hands get acclimated to them, and then you take both hands out and put them into the room temperature water at the same time, the hand that was in the hot water is gonna feel cold. The hand that was in the cold water is gonna feel hot. Why? The, the, the water is the same temperature, but it's, it's, the temperature is relative. So compared to the hot water, the room temperature is cold compared to the cold water, the room temperature water is hot, right? Now, companies use this all the time for, for marketing um, inside stores, especially. So if you walk into a clothing store and you're looking for a shirt and all the shirts in there that you see are $50, you're like, wow, that's expensive for a t-shirt. And you keep looking, you keep looking, you see some there, $40, $30, then $20, $25. Okay, cool. I can buy a $25 t-shirt. However, if you walk into Walmart, and you see a bunch of $25 t-shirts, you're not gonna buy any of those because you're used to Walmart is, no, it's like a $10 t-shirt, right? You're not gonna spend that much extra money on a t-shirt because their standards are set at you know $10. But if you walk in somewhere and they set the standard at $50, suddenly everything can come up with it. All those prices can, can be raised at the same time, right? Restaurants do this a lot. Uh, they, they make a big point of making their lobby, their entryway really you know, upscale and classy looking. A lot of clubs do this too. And then, you know, if, if you've ever been to a club that's like really nice and upscale and everything's just super fancy, and then you, the drinks are like $10, $15. Like, why? Like, this is a this is a $2 shot at most. If I bought the bottle at any store, it would, it would you know, I could get 100 shots out of this for nothing. Why am I spending $15 for one shot? Well, they can get away with it because they set this environment up to where that's their standard. So the, the act of setting that standard is called priming. It sets the stage for everything that comes after it. And you can do this with a lot of different things. It's really interesting thing to get into. I'm probably gonna do a whole episode just on priming, but for now, just understand that that's what it is. If you're anywhere that things are kind of expensive, now you kind of understand how they're getting away with it. And you know maybe you just wanna have a good time, you don't really wanna care about the money, that's cool. But a lot of times if you're shopping somewhere and you feel like you're spending more money than you should be, it might be because of the contrast effect because you walked in and you, the first thing you saw was really expensive and now your mind is thinking, okay, that's the standard, that's what I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna to try to go cheaper than that. But going cheaper than $50 and you end up at a $20 t-shirt is a pretty big difference between that and I'm I'm looking at the ten dollar t-shirts and I'm I'm looking for something cheaper than that at Walmart. You know, maybe find an eight dollar t-shirt. I don't know. So this is this can be really useful in negotiations too. Just a little side note: um, if you if you're trying to get a higher higher salary, for example, and you, you want to start off with a, a, as big of a number as you reasonably can. If you go if you go crazy with it, if it seems like this guy's just unreasonable it'll backfire because then it doesn't seem like you're actually negotiating anymore. But if you give a pretty high number that is, it's too high, but it's not ridiculously high, that sets the standard for 
the other person to be thinking, I'm thinking in terms of this. I'm, everything that I think of after this is going to be contrasted with that first number. So you don't want that first number to be low because then you don't have anywhere to work down from. You want it to be high enough so that you can work down a little bit. Again, this contrast effect working for you. Um, and I know I keep saying that a lot. I feel like uh, for me, I, I learn best when I, re when I see things repeated over and over again. So I, when I teach, I try to do the same thing. I try to explain things with a couple different examples. I try to say the names over and over again because I feel like that's the best way to actually kind of drill it into your head. And if you listened to my episode last week, you should have a couple of other strategies for actually learning better too. So go check that out if you haven't already. Well, let's get into the, the next part of this. We're going to talk about reciprocity. So reciprocity is one of the building blocks of human civilization. I give you some of my apples, and then maybe you give me some of your freshly killed zebra, and it's this give and take, right? And it's embedded really deep into our DNA. And in most situations, it's really useful, but a lot of manipulative people have figured out how to kind of hack this, right? And they, they, they use it for their own gain. So let's talk about how to watch out for these people. The feeling of indebtedness that you get when somebody gives you something is very deeply hardwired into our brains. Whether you're a naturally charitable person or not, most people, they really can't stand the feeling that they owe something to somebody else. And that feeling, it'll hang over your head. And as soon as you get an opportunity to repay the favor, there's this really powerful pressure to actually reciprocate, right? Um, Christmas time, great example. Everybody says, oh, you don't need to get me anything. But then you feel like crap if you don't give them anything, right? Something that we all go through. That's why you, don't, you never want to believe relatives. They say, oh, I'm not getting, or you don't have to give me anything back, right? Um, if you've ever gotten a letter from a nonprofit organization, there was probably some kind of small little gift in it. Maybe a refrigerator magnet, a pen, a, mag, a button or something. I don't know. But they don't do this on accident. They understand that if they give you something, you're going to feel that pressure to give back. And what's super interesting is that one, you didn't even want that, but two, what they gave you was so small and insignificant, but what you end up giving back is pretty significant. You know, you might end up giving, you know, $1,500, whatever, um, which actually, if you look at the contrast effects in this too, if you, if you see those forms that they, you can fill out, a lot of times the first number that they, that they have is like, do you want to donate $500? Do you want to donate $100? And then they have like the, you know, the 50, the 25, the 10, but they put those big numbers first, again, because they're manipulative, evil organizations that probably don't even give the money to charity anyway. They're probably just, you know, funding warlords in Africa. I don't know. Nah, that, that's, that's probably not true. Or is it? I don't know. We should find out. But anyway, moving on. Salesmen do this a lot too. You walk into a car dealership and they give you a cup of coffee. You know, they spend time talking with you and you know, you start to feel like they're giving you your time, right? Or maybe somebody gives you a free sample of something. Probably not a car dealership, but you know, just a salesman will give you something. Uh, a really good example of this was when I, I got into the military. I was stationed in Jacksonville. And there was like this whole cultural thing around the mall. Everybody knew that you had to be careful at the mall. And for, it was the funniest reason is because these people, they would sell these bath salts. And I was thinking, what? Bath salt? I, I don't care, right? But I've seen so many of my friends come back with these bags of like $80 worth of bath salts. These are 19-year-old dudes that had just graduated from infantry school. And I'm like, bro, like, why do you have bath salts like that? Which, I mean, I'm not against it, but like, 
why? Like, I know that you're not into that. Like, how did you get scammed? I got to hear this story. And it was always the same thing. They, they would, they would you know, grab these people by the, the wrist and like spray these free samples on them. And then they would start talking to them. And they felt like, well, I can't just walk away after I have this sample of perfume on my wrist, right? And then, you know, the, 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 the sample was, you know, $120 perfume bottle. They don't want that. So then the contrast effects takes over. And so saying, okay, well, you know, you don't have to spend that, but what about some bath salts? You know, those, these are cheaper. Let's, here's the $60. Here's, these ones are $20, $80. People would spend so much money on this and it was so crazy because it was not something that they would ever buy if they were not being manipulated by these salesmen. I thought it was hilarious. Obviously, it's, it's detrimental. I probably shouldn't laugh at my friends losing money like that. Uh, if you laugh at my friends losing money like that, I can't stop you though. So I'm just going to share that story and leave it there. But Let's talk about some ways that you can actually fight back against this stuff. So first of all, just the awareness that is going on can really help, right? But secondly, if you just make it a point not to accept things from anybody, that can go a long way because then you're not in the position of owing something, right? So that that can go for, for a salesman. Uh, if you're in an interrogation room and they offer you some water, just saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't accept it. Uh, but if you if you catch on too late and you, you already have something in your hand, maybe it, it just happened so fast you, you didn't even know what was going on, uh, you still have options. And I, I read a book recently. I think it was uh, I think it was Influence the Power or the, the Psychology of Persuasion, and he had this really awesome solution to this. Like, what happens if a salesman invokes this reciprocity you know effect within you? And his his idea was just diabolical. I loved it. And it was this just to understand that reciprocity is when somebody does something for you and then you do something back for them, right? Like it's a give and take. But they're not giving you anything. They're manipulating you. And that's a huge difference because once you like really understand that, it, it completely cuts out this this feeling that you have to give something back because you know they didn't give you something. They were trying to harm you. They were trying to take advantage of you, to use you. So when you realize, hey, this is manipulation, you don't feel that pressure to, to return the favor. But if you do want to return the favor, you can return it with more manipulation, which in his example was just take whatever they give you and leave. Show them the door. You don't have to be rude about it, but you don't have to be polite either. Like They're trying to take your money. They're trying to scam you. And it's even if you're not a confrontational person, you can just play dumb and just be like, okay, thank you so much, and leave. Like, oh, I don't need it, but thank you for the free sample. And that completely turns the tables on them, right? I mean, it's a scumbag salesman. I mean, if you are a salesman listening to, to this and you're trying to figure out ways to make better sales, absolutely. If you are selling a good product if you, to people that actually need it, if you're not being pushy, but you're you just kind of using your knowledge of sales to, to kind of get people to actually commit to something that they, they want, they're just scared to do, I mean, that's up to your discretion. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't do this or that all salesmen are evil. I'm just saying that for the average person that wants to protect themselves from these people, this is a very good uh, tool to use. It's a very good approach to use because the other person is the one that's actually breaking the psychological, you know, cultural bond here. So just let it sink in. Just, just realize what's going on. And guys, of course, you know, you can listen to podcasts and read books all day. If you don't go out there and actually apply this stuff, it's never going to make any real difference in your life. So try to actually apply this today. Like try to look for examples of where the contrast effect is, uh, what's making you feel this sense of like you have to reciprocate. So go out there, use this stuff, 
let me know how it works out. Let me know what kind of episodes you want me to make for you. And I'll have more episodes coming your way very soon. Thank you so much for listening.